Welcome to Minute Impossible. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to investigate with us the movie Mission Impossible one minute at a time. I'm Chris. I'm Jonathan. And I am neither of those guys. I'm George. Welcome back, George. Hello, George. Hey, I'm here. George Hendricks is joining us from the Mogwai Minute. He's on his third day here at Minute Impossible. He's made himself at home in our closet. I'm on my third day in second bucket. <laughs> How many pizzas are you into it? Let me, enough, enough. <laughs> <laughs> I make it last, don't worry. I will never have enough of pineapple pizza. Uh, no, never, ever. But um, I'm just saying, like, you know, after a while, maybe you just want something else for AT, like, you know, a salad. You're not getting a salad. I, I would like a salad. You're lucky we can let I, you out to put, do this podcast, okay? Can I have? Okay. You can Fine. get back in there with Brian De Palma now. Oh, me and Brian. Hey, you're back. Hey, welcome back to the closet. Hey, Brian, how you doing? <laughs> oh, you're recording <laughs> in the closet. That's right. We gave you the microphone so you could record in the closet because that's where you've become comfortable. Yeah, we, we're both here together. It's a really, it's a, it's kind of kind of cozy, and I don't want to go into too much detail, but we might hang out after. Oh, and you guys, you guys get to share the buckets. Well, yeah, that's the best part is the share in the bucket. <laughs> I'm into it. Uh, this minute begins with the iconic <laughs> shot of Ethan Hunt narrowly escaping a deluge of water from all the broken aquariums and ends with an old school spy trick. We are now at a pretty major stunt in this movie. Uh, it's the stunt that a lot of people have seen. If, they have, if, they, if they've seen this movie, they... <laughs> Do you remember where you were, George, when you, <laughs> this movie... Oh, the salt big old aquarium running away trick. Oh, yeah. I was uh, 1932 and I just come off the line in San Francisco and it was a... Uh, it was a crazy summer. May not be the first explosion, but this is our first Tom Cruise slow mo running. Yes, first of, of many. First of many slow mo, fast mo. Fingers crossed. There is a lot to unpack in this uh, about this shot, about this stunt, about everything. So let's get to it. Take a nap, people. Just, just, <laughs> just. Curl someone up. tell Neil, Neil, just skip to minute 34. Neil, yeah, just is, skip through uh, it, Neil. George's partner. You're not going to like this. <laughs> we just keep talking to him like he's here. <laughs> That's totally normal. Well, if he didn't live on the other side of the planet, he might be. He, well, guess what? He's in the other closet in my house. Oh, hey. It's the other. It's the Hong Kong closet. <laughs> that was him. Oi, 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 oi. That's my impression of Neil. Oh, you did. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> Watching this scene, it's definitely Tom Cruise doing it. Tom Cruise yeah. does his own stunts. It's something he's famous for now, but at this point, he wasn't famous for that. That's because he was 22. What? That's because he was really young at the time. He could just do whatever he wanted. He's like, sure, I'll jump out of an aquarium, whatever. It's fine. Now he's like 75. He's like, I'm going to climb the, the Khalifa Tower. I think, I think this is the first time that he got to overrule the director and the other producer because he was a producer. There you go. He got that credit. I think this is our first. Uh, this is our first sign of Tom Cruise as producer. Just saying, I'm doing this stunt, and now that we know what he's done based on his other movies, this is nothing. Oh yeah, this is this is like whatever. It's like a roll out of bed. We may do a couple of maybe a ton of water coming down at you, probably f- ten feet behind you. It's like I'm gonna do a couple of quad stretches, and I'm gonna outrun this thing and dress you. Let's do this. You know what's interesting though is if you look at the shot, the first shot of it, of him jumping from the side. It doesn't look like him because it looks like it's some sort of special effect because his body looks completely off. Off in what way? Uh, like his head moves weird compared to the rest of the body. 
Like his head is in one angle, but his body's like turned. But that's it's just really Tom weird. Cruise. That's that's just Tom Cruise. He's his body yeah, is Tom not Cruise quite aligned with the rest of his body. If you're talking about it like second second third uh second three of this minute, yeah, I think it's because he can't see the ground in front of him. I, I'm sure they worked this out a million times. But when when there's that much water, I guarantee you he can't see the step. There's a giant step for him to jump down. He has to jump down. To lay this out, he has to jump down from this step and run forward and try and miss anything in his way. We'll talk about what actually gets in his way here in a second. But the the way the stunt was probably coordinated was all this water is going to come out. It's going to be pushing your feet forward, so you just need to keep running. Just keep your legs high and run, run, run. Do you think he lands on John Elway? Oh, yeah. He lands (laughs) right on John Elway and then jumps over him like twice. He lands and he's like, touchdown. <laughs> Their legs get tangled. If you notice in second second seven or eight, he, he his his feet and the stuntman John Elway's feet are tangled together. And yeah. the and the stuntman is trying to roll out of the way of the this deluge of water. Tom Cruise is just trying to get past the camera. Because I I wonder I don't know how many takes they did on this. Is that a real stunt, man? Or they just get a dead body and throw it in front and just like let nature take its course? I'm sure it's a dead body. <laughs> I, I feel like that would be more of a Brian De Palma thing. Yo, you're right. It is. <laughs> what? That is it. What did you just say? <laughs> I, I think he's in there with John Travolta now. Not with oh, my God. Can, uh, Chris, can you please go change the bucket? He's getting delirious yeah, from the fumes. I, fumes are getting uh, I, I, We got to change that bucket out real quick. Okay. All right, we're taking the bucket out. George, <laughs> bye, bucket. Bye, my friend, bucket. See, there was nobody else in there. I think this is the bucket talking. The, the, the problem. <laughs> it's bucket. It's bucket De Palma. The background on this scene is pretty famously that Brian De Palma and Paula Wagner were against this entire shot. Why? This the, is amazing. It is amazing. Um, I'm sure Brian De Palma just didn't want to hurt Tom Cruise on on this first. You know, what was at that point a groundbreaking Mission Impossible movie he was hoping to get made. He wasn't thinking about franchises at that point, but no director wants to hurt somebody. Yeah, there's still uh, too many fresh wounds in the late in the mid 90s from the 80s of directors hurting other other actors. So as you as you watch in slow motion, the stuntman is completely covered in water and that stuntman actually got shards of glass. The breakaway glass got stuck in his leg. Oh, so as this is happening, and and Tom Cruise does step on him, so that might have also gotten some of it in him. It's pretty, it's pretty brutal for the for the stuntman on this shot. And Tom Cruise yeah. runs through it with a great face, and uh, his his tux looks fantastic. Well, that's the thing I noticed. The thing that stuck with me is the fact from from the time like he he red light green light throws the gum on the glass, it blows up. Kittredge ducks out he does his whole thing there's like washing water everywhere he leaps from the front of the exposed the the broken glass lands and runs he looks like he has not gotten wet at all yeah his legs are barely wet his whole torso it feels like it would be drenched especially if you're wearing one of those tuck shirts those things are made from like thinnest material in the universe we should totally be able to see his nips (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's in my notes Yeah. yeah mine too where did Nips at? Where did Nips at? <laughs> and then the next shot after we see him run by the camera is a uh, 180 shot of the uh, Wenceslas Square and the water rushing out behind him. Uh, this is and our last fish. What? 
And the fish rushing out, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Were there actual fish in there? I don't know if those are real fish. I don't know if they were real, but they were something. They look like fish. Those could just be the tendons that were severed off of the stuntman from the glass. No, nah, they're a bunch of dead, not a bunch of dead decorative fish. <laughs> Say goodbye to Wenceslas Square. It's weird how you see, like, as they pan up and do that crane shot up above the water. It's like they had this crazy anamorphic lens on that gives this whole bubble effect to the entire square. Yeah. It's super panoramic. Well, it was their, probably, probably their last shot. Yeah, so like, let's go as wide as possible and get everything you can. It's the middle of the night. Let's get this shot out of the way. And get all seven extras out there. We're going to pour 900 tons of water real quickly just at his legs. And a bunch of fish. It has to look like – has to look frothy. You know, it has to, has to match. Do you think they scooped the fish up and like rebuilt the thing and did it again just in case? Yeah, for for another CIA team. They yeah, use aquarium. Like- <laughs> this restaurant is used all the time to get bad – this is how they. This is, this how, is how they you, catch their moles. This is how they catch moles in the CIA. This one restaurant. They they bring them to Prague and they do the same mission over and over again. I have been on a couple of movie sets and some TV stuff, and like you just PA and that sort of thing, just around, and it just gives me some sort of weird sadistic pleasure to imagine the director like watching this happen and go, "All right, cut. Let's reset back to one and give it another shot." <laughs> And just the this the this the work that would have to go involved into like scooping up the fish and re this net like rebuilding the aquarium and all that sort of stuff is like well yeah let's get back in like half an hour some some Hungarian PA mopping up all that water just mm-hmm. that's why it looks like it's been raining outside because they've done it like five times yeah make the ground look wet well also wet ground looks awesome on film well, yeah lights and all that sort of stuff you don't want dry ground what are you indie filmmaker hats off to the production company that was able to match the shot they did all the stuff in Prague first so i'm impressed that they were able to shoot all the things they needed and have everything ready for when they got to london they must have already had that set built because it was very specific the way they had that water like come rushing out yeah but i probably had like 37 sets of those so they just like kept recycling it and it's interesting to me that that, that like you see the huge deluge of water coming down behind them but then when you like like maybe like second 14 when he's like, you know, you know, hoofing it. You see that the other two panels are like still filled with water. So apparently those are fine. Wait, which two panels are you talking about? The other two aquariums above them. Yeah. So you think they're all just modular? I don't think they were supposed to. I don't think they were supposed to be modular. I think the way they built them, it's just you can't build on a set. They didn't want to build a giant singular aquarium so they built three small aquariums and they used those pylons to make it look like they were all one giant aquarium yeah well not with that attitude yeah those definitely did not did not blow like they were supposed to but you only get one shot at this so i really like it's just like a little non thing but i love how like he's just pacing the water enough i feel like they did do this like maybe not the uh like the explosion of the actual aquarium, but him running away, they probably did like maybe half a dozen times. And just the way they timed it where his feet are like, like splashing right in the edge of the thing. I love, I love that. Like you just see like the spray flying up off his feet. They definitely did it more than once because it's second 14. Like you're talking about, you can see in the right corner where spray was from the previous shot. Yeah. Because the water on the ground's not uniform. If it had rained, there would just be water everywhere. Yeah. Instead, it's like, it's like sprayed out. So this has been cleaned multiple times probably. And and also he had, you're right. He, he definitely had to get that timing down. 
because he didn't know how fast his water was going to be running at him. Yeah, and, and they obviously, when they did the reverse shot of him running away from it, they obviously had like some sort of tank that they would dump to get that water to do that, and then they'd fill it back up and get him back and do the shot again, I think, every time. I think I remember seeing something on HBO at the time when they had a behind-the-scenes, and they were showing how they did that. might have been Entertainment Tonight, so... The scene is so famous for his, you know, prodigious stuntman chops. But what do you guys think? Do you think he? Do you think he even shot this from behind? Shot? Do you think that's him or a stunt? Double? I mean, I, th- I mean, if he's going to like do the side jump, I'm pretty sure he's going to like haul butt out of there and run out. Of- yeah, he's going to do that. I, I, I got a feeling that that they did it. Like, I still feel like the first shot of him jumping out from the side angle isn't him. Uh, it was the test run, probably, and they liked it that angle enough that they put his head on it because it doesn't seem like his head's perfectly on there. But the front shot where he's running at the camera—that's definitely him. Well, sure, and but- I definitely and I and then when I saw the remember the behind the th- scenes thing, that was him running away from the fish as well. I think it's all him. I think he's the one that jumped out from the beginning. I think he's it's all him, and just because it just it just feels like it. I feel like I've seen Tom Cruise hauling ass in enough movies to recognize his running gait, and I feel like you see that everywhere. I know. I definitely think it's him running no matter what, but it's that first initial jump is from a different take than the other ones because the two wide shots, a close-up wide shot and then back, those are the same takes from two different cameras that are aligned. But that side shot, his arms and everything else is in a different position than when they cut to the front shot. That's why I think it was something. Well, yeah, I, I think I think they're at two different times. It was probably from the same exact timing, but if you look at that wide shot that they they do at seven seconds, the 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 big shot that shows the deluge of water and him running straight toward the camera, I think yeah. that that shot was they had to shoot it from really far away so they could have enough room to have the cameras on the on the right side, yeah, to get coverage. So yeah, definitely, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think most of it is. I think ninety nine percent of it is him. Including that last shot of him running away from it. That's what I'd like to hope. I just want, I want to, you know, sow seeds of dissension and say. My only, my only concern was that first shot of him because it, the head looks so funny on it. And the film, the film, if you look at it in slow motion, the film moves oddly at the top. I just, honestly, I feel like it might just be that we don't normally see a held shot like that in something. Like we don't see the camera just not moving and not cutting and not jumping and not trying to like make the action more. They just let the camera do its work. Oh, I've thought of it since the first time I saw it, but that, that was in the early, in the mid nineties. So, you know, that was, that was my, my feeling of it. But I, you know, I understand where you're coming from. And, and in every one of these movies, there's one of these stunt pieces that where the camera does its job as opposed to intercutting it. When you watch Fast and Furious, yeah. you know, none of those people are ever in peril. No, when no, watch, it just cuts no. away anytime something interesting happens. When you watch yeah. this movie or any of the other ones, you, you know, I mean, they've promoted it now. It's now a, yeah. Now that it's part of the it's part of the franchise to see Tom Cruise almost kill himself. Yeah, exactly. In some crazy way. Would you guys like to hear the uh, book's description of this explosion? Oh, please! Does it involve someone's dirty mouth? Is it, is it not the Jonathan 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 book moment? Oh yeah, I wish I had a little. Need a, I'll need a little music bed for this one. Yeah, a little tingly wind chimes. Book corner with Jonathan Howell. The explosion shattered the entire front of the restaurant sending hundreds of gallons of water roaring into the air, covering the agents and other diners with lobsters, seaweed, rocks, and fish. (laughs) What? Come on. Uh, What does this guy write when he's not doing this? I mean, seriously. 
erotic novels? I'm, I'm so confused. Well, no, he's not writing erotic novels. <laughs> More like neurotic novels because he's listing everything. Ha <laughs> <laughs> You zinged him. I did. Take that. You're zinging guy. people left and right. You're, you're, you're zinging previous guests. So zingy. Zing- Call me zingy stardust. So anyway, were you still reading from the book? That's it. That's all I got That's from it. the book. They, they only say two sentences about that. Because the rest of it's about shattered stuff and thundering walls of water. which is Shattered glass and broken dreams. Shattered glass doors followed by a thundering wall of water. Sploosh. And then he sprints across the plaza. He does. Well, uh, while we're here, what's your favorite Tom Cruise running scene from any movie? Uh, running scene from any movie? I'm gonna be I'm gonna be easy and go with Rogue Nation when he's in the kaboom. The market? Yeah, when he's in the when he's in the sandstorm. That's my favorite. Yeah, yeah, I was just thinking about that one. Because he puts on those goggles. He puts on those uh climbing that, goggles and that, was, that oh. was Ghost Protocol. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're No, I just the other night I watched Legend and um he does a lot of interesting running in there. So you know it's like been his running from the beginning. He does the same thing in, in uh, The Outsiders. He's running in The Outsiders just the same way he always has. Now that Tom Cruise has run away, uh, our next scene run is away. of him. Run away. Is of it's him running upstairs. <laughs> he's hiding in Prague from from the what seems like French police. I guess Czechoslovakian uh, tr- policemen, also, their, their sirens also sound have the cliche of. I think, the, I think they all buy them at the same place. It's like, you know, an huh. EU thing. They just buy them from the same wholesaler. That makes sense. That brings up a good point, though. Kittredge earlier said that the police had been thrown some bones about the explosion and the murders because the police right now are investigating murders, multiple murders that have happened. They don't know anything about this. But so when he's ducking away from perceived cops coming toward him, Kittredge would not have told the cops about him. This is a CIA thing. I think we're going to learn later in minutes that the CIA is going to deal with this all on their own. They don't want the cops involved at all. Well, listen, I live in downtown Denver, and even as mellow as you think this place would be, I still hear sirens all the time. So I, they're not related to him. They're just downtown Czechoslovakian Prague. Yeah, sounds. but he's ducking like, oh, the cops are on, you know, they're on me. He's Well, you know, it's better to be overcautious than underprepared. He's skulking. Yeah. He, he's definitely It's skulking. just like Ethan. Everything's always about him. Yeah, exactly. Why do you think his last name is Hunt? Oh, wow. Ah, good point. That's why it's a fake name. This goes into your this goes into your whole idea that he that Ethan Hunt is not his real name. Yeah, exactly. Cuz it's not the Hunt family farm. In the book, <laughs> I'm not going to read from it, oh, but I will do. tell you, <laughs> But I will tell you what happens at this point in the book. He actually checks a dumpster for a pager. Why? What? You may ask? Yeah, why would he do that? As part of their safe house protocol, Jack, oh, Emilio Estevez still, even though you're gone, you're still the star still of this movie. Still with us. His job was to make sure there was a pager in that dumpster, and that pager is set to an alarm to see if anybody has gone into the safe house while he was gone, while they were gone from the safe house. Okay. It's a whole nother level of intrigue added from the book it, it answers a question though we we had talked earlier about why didn't Kit, why isn't kittredge at the safe house we know he's going back to the safe house right now why well, is i was wondering there? that too is like if, if this is sort of like a of their thing but i also feel like they because they are a imf force 
IMF team, they have a little autonomy and where that sort of thing is in order to avoid things like that. So I think he knows ahead of time that, that because they've set themselves up as their own thing, their logistics crew, that like, he's not going to be able to find them just out of nowhere. The only people that know where that safe house is are now all dead, except for Ethan. Yeah, I was going to bring it up the next minute, but we can definitely talk about it here. In the book, Jim explains that it's on a need-to-know basis, and none of his handlers for the past 30 years have known where any of his safe houses are. And I feel like that might be like completely up to the discretion of the, of the leader of the, of the team. And since right. you know, yeah, Jim was a leader, and he's like, obviously, he's also bent. He's not the leader of the team. He's the leader of all the IMF. In the book, they actually bring it up. They haven't actually said that in the movie, but he's the leader of every IMF force out there. And so he has – Why is he out in the field though? That's very inappropriate. Because his wife is. He has slush funds. He has money. He has safe houses. All this stuff is off the record. And even though Kittredge – Kittredge is one of those guys that actually wants to know what this stuff is. He's never told him. He's old school. That, you know, I, that would that would be a very, big a big red flag for me if I was Kittridge going, huh? You know, this guy has a little too much power. Maybe he's the mole. Maybe not Ethan. Maybe. Well, but Jim's dead, so yeah. Ethan's Ethan. the only living p- person on this team left. E- Ethan. There's something a little hinky about all this to me. Some hanky panky, some shenanigans. So I love this uh, staircase shot that they do. Oh yeah, Ethan walks up here. this amazing spiral staircase. And the Palma does this great dolly shot around it. It's 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 not fully around, but it's like just a slight dolly that just gives it this great movement. It's amazing. Yep, it's more like a hell. It's a hello dolly. Comedy gold again. Mm. Yeah. Was that in your notes too? <laughs> nope, that's off the cuff. That's off the dome. Oh, I get that one for free. Yep. Once Ethan gets up to the top of the steps, he pulls one of the lights off of the sconce and puts it in his jacket and crushes it. This is a Pretty cool old spy trick. Just put broken glass, shards of glass all over the floor so he can hear somebody coming. Yeah, it's called the Annie Lennox. You'd think that somebody that has the ability to have an actual pager, I mean, that's a pretty amazing technology, have the pager to you know find out if someone's in the room could actually have sensors. My question is, how did they know certain things without the massively advanced technology of the pager? Well, he had to use a payphone earlier. And he had to use his cufflink to, to, to scramble the call. Well, we still have cufflinks now, so that's not a obsolete. I think those are like you know grandfathered in. I'm wearing cu- I wear cufflinks all the time with my tuxes. Don't you guys? Same do us. I mean, yeah, you, yeah. That's, I'm not a savage. What are we farmers? I wasn't born in a barn. Well, that minute's got a lot of little things going on. We're gonna now go into tech of the app. Here we go. All right, so tech of the app. Uh, well, let's let our guests go first. George. I mean, I I feel like because this movie is supposedly introducing so much new stuff, like regularly, that when it throws back like sort of an old school thing, like the light bulb, I feel like that is that is not. You doesn't have to be new tech to be good tech, as long as it works. That's the operative word. Is it works? And I crunching agree. a light bulb and sprinkling it on the hallway to give you sort of like a little heads up. That's 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 genius, Chris. What about you? I, I completely agree. Uh, that light bulb thing. Well, since I saw it the first day or the first week that it came out, that I got to see it, it was always one of those things that I thought was very very cool. I remember, remember, I remember the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, if that, if I ever need that, I'm going to use that. That's really cool. That exactly. That's the same thing I thought too. 
Especially when in college, you know, thinking, oh, yeah, that's that, if we need something in the hall, that's what like, I'm going to do. Like, oh, man, I wish there wasn't carpet in the hall. I could use a light bulb thing. Your RA is like, why is there crushed light bulbs at the hall again? I lived in an apartment, so, you know, it was right up front. I just put it right up front the door. Oh, there you go. I'm going to call an audible and go with the pager from the book. That's not in the movie. Oh, that's not whatever. That's not fair. That's not. In, that's I could do whatever I want. It's my stupid sh- game. Shenanigans. You guys could have also taken it. It was disgust. You know what? You know what? It wasn't not in contention. I'm just saying that the old school light bulb was better than the busted ass. Someone's in your safe house pager any day. I like that you said someone's in your safe house. It probably just beeps. Yeah. It doesn't actually have a. Uh, it's not like it's an ADT security system that lets you know if the door is locked. It just says, uh, you know, like, oh, someone's been in there. Or, or an iPhone, you know. I can't wait until they can just have phones, cell phones. So much of this stuff. That's I, I don't know. I assume they took out the pager because it was just a dumb idea. Yeah, people watching it today going, Mommy, what's that? Why did he grab a box out of the trash? <laughs> Why is he a trash digger, Mommy? Why is this box beeping at me, Mom? All right. Well, I'll go. I'll go with the consensus of the light bulb. Doesn't mean I'm happy about it, but we'll go with it. You guys, you guys win the tech of the app. You'll be okay. You'll be Yay. okay. I'm sure there'll be something else you can win in another episode coming up. Not, not if I can help it. Not if George can <laughs> throw a wrench into it. Man, I have tried to throw George off his game. I've given him the wrong minutes. You have, and I have I'm not, just I have, rolling with I have it. I vaguely described Tech of the Ep to him. I am trying to make him fumble, and he is just a consummate professional. It's fantastic. I'm a trained yes, podcast professional. Now put him back in the closet. Yeah, yeah get back, in, back in the closet. George, get back in your closet till tomorrow, and we will come back for minute 34. If you'd like to talk to us or see how George is doing, Come over to our Facebook group at the Impossible Minute Force. They have a webcam in the closet. It's very unsettling. We also have a pager in the closet. You can also get to us. <laughs> it's <by> useless. <laughs> but we've also got a, a, a broken light bulb in front of the door. And I always know when you're coming. Or he's trying to escape, you know. Works out. I'm barefoot. I can't come out of the closet with the light bulb out there. That's ridiculous. What he's saying there, McLean. What is this, Die Hard? Shoot the glass. Shoot the glass. If you want to hear more about this crazy stuff, you can also get us on Minute Impossible uh, on Twitter at MIN Impossible. This entire podcast and this minute will self destruct. Please. George, get back in the damn closet. Now, George, get in there. <laughs>